0: A lot of men just are a little hesitant to come and see the physician. They have various reasons that hold them back. They you know, feel as if they're invincible, nothing's really bothering them, they're not hurting and there's nothing going on. And then a lot of times when they present, be it with prostate cancer or any cancer, it's usually in the more aggressive stages.
1: Welcome to HealthWave. We appreciate you checking us out and hope that we can inspire you to take a more active role in living your healthiest life possible. At HealthWave, we believe your health matters because you matter. HealthWave is one of many free education services provided by St. Bernard's Healthcare as part of a mission to provide Christ like healing. Founded and now sponsored by the Olivet and Benedictine Sisters, St. Bernard's is the largest healthcare system in the eastern half of Arkansas, reaching 23 counties in northeast Arkansas and southeast Missouri. Its flagship hospital, St. Bernard's Medical Center, has stood in the heart of Jonesboro, Arkansas for 122 years, housing the only Level 3 trauma center and neonatal intensive care unit in the region. Whatever your stage of life, St. Bernard's is ready to serve you. Visit stbernards.info today. That's S-T-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-S dot I-N-F-O. My name is Mitchell Nail, and I'm your Health Wave host. Today, more than ever, early detection cancer screenings are saving the lives of otherwise healthy individuals, specifically for certain cancers. Breast cancer, skin cancers, which are the most common cancers, colorectal cancer, cervical cancer, lung cancer, we recently discussed these screenings on a separate podcast, and prostate cancer, which is where I want to land today, because aside from skin cancer as we just mentioned, it's the most common cancer affecting men. It's estimated that 1 in 8 U.S. men will experience prostate cancer at some point in their lifetime. Prostate cancer is usually a slow-growing cancer, and more than 90% of cases are discovered in the early stages. In addition, its 5-year survival rate stands at well more than 90%, somewhere in the 98% area. These are great statistics, and we can just end the podcast here, right? I wish. Here's the bad. Prostate cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths in U.S. men, only trailing lung cancer. That's alarming because it means many men have may have missed opportunities for early detection or they ignored warning signs while less invasive, more effective treatments were still available. It's the attention of those populations that health professionals hope to capture. Dr. Rudolph Bowens is a urologist with St. Bernard's Urology, where he's practiced medicine for the past several years now. He studied medicine at the prestigious Indiana University School of Medicine, the largest medical school in the country. And in his former career, he was a chemical engineer by trade. In fact, he says the two careers are connected because they're both about things flowing, and I can't disagree. Dr. Bowens, I appreciate you being here. Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me, Mitch.
1: Dr. Bowens, let's talk about where you practice in Arkansas. More than one in five new cancer diagnoses for men are prostate cancer. And the region you service has some of the highest cancer incidences and death rates in the entire state. As a urologist, what are we missing, especially when the messaging is "get screened, get screened, get screened"?
0: Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent correct. Specifically, prostate cancer is uh, the leading cause of cancer um, in men, and the second leading cause of death of uh, cancer uh, in men. You know, I think for the uh, the demographics that we serve here in uh, uh, this region. As well as just the overall uh, information and and getting the word out to men to come in to get screened, I think it's uh, an issue where a lot of men just are a little hesitant to come and see the the physician. They have various uh, reasons that hold them back. They you know feel as if they're invincible, nothing's really bothering, they're not hurting, and there's nothing going on. And then a lot of times they when they present, be it with prostate cancer or any cancers, usually in the more aggressive stages, so we call locally advanced stages or even more advanced than that, where you can have a med- static disease. So, but I think, you know, education is a very key component in trying to get the word out to make sure these, these folks get into the office.
1: You kind of touched on this, and so I'm going to jump around. I guess this is more of a psychological question. I'm going to ask it anyway. I know you're not a psychologist, but men obviously like to make jokes when it comes to certain procedures, and I'm not saying that's wrong, because these procedures can certainly be intrusive and uncomfortable. But there's also a pervasive machismo attitude of, I don't need to go to the doctor unless I'm dying, or it could be a complete dismissal, such as, it doesn't run in the family. Have we done a disservice by trivializing services like prostate cancer? And if we have, how do we get to a place where we all recognize their importance and we have an urgency to act?
0: Yeah, I th- think to your point, uh, prostate cancer is a part of the screening. I think we'll get into this a little bit more, but it, it does require a couple of invasive tests. And one of which you'll need to uh, give a blood sample, and the second is you'll need to perform a, a call a digital rectal exam, and that could be a little bit in- intrusive. And this may have been an exam that most men have never uh, incurred before, so not to trivialize it, but it could be a little bit scary. You know, I see a lot of men come in the office now, and that is the least, most exciting part of a part of the visit for them. So I can see where uh, the word has gotten spread around amongst folks in the community, uh, you know, nationwide. When people talk about this, that most folks just don't want to be participating in this type of exam.
1: You talked a little bit about those types of cancer screenings, the digital rectal, the uh, the PSA, the blood test. Talk about their differences, similarities, where are they used, what scenarios, those types of things.
0: Yeah, the PSA stands for prosthetic specific antigen. It was discovered back in 1986 by some, some folks much smarter than me to try to identify men that may be at risk for prostate cancer. Before that, the only means of screening was basically doing a digital rectal exam. And, you know, for most of the prostate cancers that I personally, Uh, diagnosis not from an abnormal digital rectal exam it's coming from the PSA an abnormal value Um, in that regards and you obtain a biopsy and that's where you find the cancer but the PSA is basically a a way of early detection before that men were showing up with advanced stages of disease because they had no really way of early detection like I say you do most guys do uh, do a rectal exam it's normal and we show up as an abnormal it's kind of a more aggressive disease so Talking a little bit about those screenings, a lot of men
1: need a screening if they're of a certain age, but not every man needs a screening. Uh, there's an age range. The uh, genetic factors are at play as well. Family history, even race, because I know certain people of color tend to be more at risk than others. Who's an ideal candidate for screening?
0: Basically, there's a couple different population of people that, for men, that require screening. So you say uh, high risk or low risk of prostate cancer. The higher risk would be African American male above the age of 40, or any male that comes to your office that has a first degree relative history of prostate cancer are the ones you want to start screening at the age of 40. And that includes the rectal exam, and that includes the blood test with the PSA. And what what do
1: you mean by first degree? Are you talking about father? A father, yes. Yeah, father,
0: yeah. father, 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 absolutely. A brother. So father, brother, basically, we first degree relative. Uh, uncle, cousins, that kind of stuff be more the second degree. Those are the folks that are a little bit more higher risk. So. Grandfather would be... That would be not first degree. That would be more of the, the second, yeah, second degree. Second yeah. degree. Okay. Yeah. Sorry,
1: I, I distracted nope. your nope. train of thought. Nope. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's
0: fair. That's fair. Uh, and then the second cohort would be a group of uh, gentlemen that are aged fifty five and older, uh, and that's all comers, 55 and older, and then you start to get into the even older population. So the age from 55, maybe to 75 would be the range to where you want to screen just all all kind of all comers. Now, when you get above 75, you have to have a, a really long discussion with the patient. This is where I think for any age group, for any situation, African-American family history, you still need to have a very detailed discussion with the provider about the importance and role. And is this correct for me to get this um, screening? but over 75 is when you really need to start having a long discussion with the patient in regards to is screening correct for me because as you said in the introduction prostate cancer is a very slow growing disease they label it as indolent which means slow growing so if you have a gentleman coming in over 75 or 80 and they may have a life expectancy of maybe no more than 10 years you know doing screening on them may not be the right thing because you you may screen them and they may have clinically insignificant disease and you put them in you know risk for a a biopsy or some other subsequent procedures where it was never going to be never going to cause their mortality. So you have to be a little bit more careful and screen them, look at their health history and make sure that these are the right people. Dr. Bowens, what
1: sort of symptoms should a man pay attention to that would prompt him to see you?
0: Yes, that would be the other thing. So I have uh, some men that are are well-established with their primary care physician, and they're doing the routine blood work for cholesterol, diabetes, just a general health uh, screening. And some of them may come and see me because they have what they call lower urinary tract symptoms where they have urinary urgency, frequency, they have incontinence, they have, they're getting up at night called nocturia. And these folks is a group of individuals where you would do some screening for um, prostate cancer. But usually most guys that have prostate cancer, I'll be honest with you, they have absolutely no symptoms at all. So
1: these are just men who came in and you uh, they they fit into that screening age range and and it was detected usually, I guess, kind of early?
0: Now, I'll be honest with you, most frontline screening is done by the primary care physician just straight out screening with no symptoms or anything. If they do a screening, they have an elevated PSA the value we talked about, they will generally refer them to my office and then I will examine them and we'll talk to them about the role of you know PSA and rectal exam and biopsy. Uh, then once we sort all that out, uh, we'll do the biopsy and figure out if they indeed do have a cancer. but most guys that come to see me are not uh, as a part of the frontline screening. Most of them have already been screened by their primary care physician and they're being consulted with me to kind of further evaluate that.
1: And I know you and your physician partners do a a free screening service every year, something that you've done for a while. That's
0: fantastic, actually. It's a free
1: service. where we're recording this is actually coming up very quickly. But these are the types of things that that men need to be looking for, free opportunities to take advantage of, to detect something before it becomes a problem. That's
0: correct. You're 100% correct. And this is what you would call just a mass screening, nothing attached, no uh, other history. You just got a bunch of guys, you know, a hundred, couple hundred guys showing up just to do the routine screening where you do the blood work and you do the rectal exam. I, I 100% agree with you. I think it's a, a fantastic service. I think the community of Jonesboro should be very fortunate and blessed to be able to have a service like this, to be able to, you know, uh, help these guys out in the community. Dr. Bowens, you do a plethora
1: of procedures, of, of ways to help both men and women with uh, urological issues. Yes. It's not just checking for prostate cancer, why a man might come to see you. Uh, talk about some of the other services you provide as urologists. Uh, one of those, I know, uh, Aquablation Therapy, yes. u- using some technology yes. there.
0: First of all, I like to say, I like that word plethora. I like to use that word a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> for bringing You bet. It up.
1: <laughs> I like words. Yeah,
0: but uh, for sure, yeah. So, you know, some of the common things that folks come and see me about or kidney stone disease uh, and that's kind of male or female uh, specifically for a male they, they come to see me about uh, low testosterone they come and see me about erectile dysfunction they also come and see me for infertility there's a lot of men out there they're trying to start a family they're having some troubles with that so in this aqua thing you're talking about it's uh, kind of a new technology that we have at the hospital i believe we had it now just for a little bit over a year and it's a fantastic technology So it basically utilizes high pressure water jets, which sounds a little scary, but to ablate the prostate tissue, let me back up a little bit. So what this technology is used for. So a lot of men, as we age, our prostate gets larger and we have issues voiding. Currently, I'm 50 years old and, you know, my urinary stream is not the same as what it was when I was 18. And things, you grow and things change and you get a large, enlarged prostate. And there's various ways of treating that. And this aqua ablation technology you're talking about is something that St. Bernard's made an investment in about a year ago. And it, we've had just fantastic results with it. And it's a good option for men that have an enlarged prostate and sometimes on a little bit larger size where some of the other conventional treatments just didn't work too well. And this one here is a little bit less invasive and we've had excellent results. You, you talked about the prostate growing. Is it one of those organs that never stops growing or, or
1: why does it tend to get larger as men get older?
0: Yeah, that's you're 100% correct. And the growth rate is variable uh, amongst uh, different men. And there's a lot of hormonal factors involved with that. But there's no real rhyme or reason the the rate of increase in size of the prostate. But usually as men age, it does uh, does get larger. Let's talk
1: a little bit about diet nutrition those types of things that uh, that I know affect not just the prostate but but the entire uh, urinary tract what do you recommend to your patients uh, I, I I know you probably start with hey, you guys need to be drinking a lot of water right Amen,
0: brother that's the number one thing right there the the water intake uh, solves a lot of problems you know in this region it gets a little bit warm here and this summer has been uh quite balmy a little bit uh, unseasonably hot I would think but you know stone formation is a big 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 deal, and it's a billion dollar kind of industry world, worldwide. And to counteract that, uh, folks need to drink more water. Fortunately, because the less you drink, the more concentrated your urine is, the more likelihood you are to form these stones. Kind of goes back to chemistry when you're in high school, where you precipitate out these salts and stuff is very similar to with stones but also water you know it just helps with uh, just the entire body every you know your body's composed of a large volume of water and then you talk about other nutritional items low fat you know a diet is going to be uh, fantastic high fiber all these things are good for your colon other type of potential uh, carcinogen, you know, cancers that could potentially pop up. So we try to, you know, counsel and encourage people a lot by the diet.
1: We're talking about filtering things that need to come out of you and, and such. And, and I, I know healthcare professionals, we tend to, to think in terms of, okay, uh, you're a urologist, you are a, uh, an oncologist, a ga- gastroenterologist, a nephrologist it's all connected. And, and it's like you solve a problem uh, with one area, like with you, it may fix an issue like that somebody's having, you know, with the kidneys or something like that. And so, uh, so what that, I guess that's one of the things I, I, I like in, in talking to, to you guys as specialists is just like getting to see how everything is connected and how, you know, you fix something and it, it might help in another area.
0: Yes, you're 100% right. Everything's interrelated. When I was in medical school, they did more kind of individual subject matter type of teaching. And now more of the medical school training is going more towards uh, holistic or kind of incorporating the whole body as one process when treating or when talking about one specific type of disease. So I think to your point, everything is all interrelated. And I think that's important. We consult a lot of us or other specialists within the hospital to make sure that everything is in concert. So
1: kind of jumping a little bit back yeah you know, we were talking about that aqualbation therapy that's a that's a fairly new technology. and we tend to think you know of of technology in terms of neurosurgery or cancer uh, oncology. you know the there are technologies that that go into to helping those new types of therapies. We may not necessarily think about urology, but that's a field that's advancing and and you're seeing these these new types of therapies coming out that that are helping people live. Not just save their lives, but but also just you know have a better quality, quality of life.
0: Sure, absolutely, absolutely. You know the field of urology is—I don't use the term esoteric—but uh, you know me and myself personally, when I was in, in medical school, hate to keep jumping back, but you know initially I was thought, thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon, and I frankly didn't know much about urology until I got into—I I never heard of it to be honest with you, you know—and I think it's one of the specialties that most you know, a lot of people haven't heard of, but you know it's a field that is advancing technologies, a lot of robotic surgery. You Know, to, to treat a lot of conditions, prostate cancer, kidney cancer, uh, even for some women that have some uh, vaginal or, or prolapse of their pelvic organs, we can treat them with the robot. Uh, the use of lasers to treat stones, uh, this aqua ablation technology uh, to treat uh, overgrowth of the prostate. So I think, you know, we're at the forefront of the technology, and I think, you know, it's only going to continue to get better.
1: Last question for you, because we've talked at length about spurring men to act on behalf of their health, but it's often the women within the family who push them to make health decisions, not just about prostate cancer, about anything that's affecting them. What sort of message would you give to wives, to daughters, about taking care of the men in their lives.
0: Continue to push these gentlemen to get screened, go to their annual uh, visits with their PCP. You know, I I see a lot of men that come in the office and usually they don't come in uh, per their own unction. They get a little nudge from their spouse. And, you know, you know, men just we feel as if we're invincible. Uh, We just don't uh, take the necessary precautions to be to be preventative about things, you know. Um, you know, me personally I'm turning fifty this year. I've had my colonoscopy. You know, I was not hesitant to do it. I knew it's something that could be done. It could be something that you can completely you can completely prevent some big deal or issue from occurring in the future. Just go and do the test, you know. The provider mentality, the, for, for provide. not yeah. Yeah. And so for the, you know, the spouses out there, I think continue to push them, you know, guys, you know, continue to listen to them for sure. And to take, you know, your health care a little bit more in your own hands as well to go to the doctor. Listen, you know, I see a lot of men that come in and, you know, they get a checkup and then for whatever reason they're seeing me for I may send back a month later and they come back with their spouse and, you know, I'll meet with them and I say, well, hey, how did it go? And they said, well, he... He came to the doctor last time and he came back home and I said, how did everything go? He said everything went fine and he didn't really give any details. And (laughs) I think, you know, try to listen more and write, take more notes and be able. And the women out there are just fantastic. They're really engaging. They're concerned about their, you know, their husband, their father, their brother. And I think, you know, just continue to push them.
1: I love that message. That's Dr. Rudolph Bowens with St. Bernard's Urology in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Dr. Bowens, thanks for your time. I appreciate you guys as well. Talk to you soon. Again, we thank St. Bernard's Healthcare for making this program possible, so go check them out. stbernards.info or call the St. Bernard's Health Line at 870-207-7300. We thank each of you for joining us on HealthWave. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, whatever service you're using. If that service, whether Apple, Spotify, whatever, lets you leave HealthWave a rating, we ask that you leave us a five-star review, and it just helps other people find us and helps get the word out about staying on top of your health. That's all we have for this edition of HealthWave. Tune in to our next episode. For HealthWave, I'm Mitchell Nell. We'll see you next time.